AWO-regulated militia be necessary to the security of a free state? The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Welcome to another edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. My name is Cam Edwards. Hopefully you had a fantastic weekend. I know I did. I had a chance to uh, hang out with uh, Charlie Cook of Riding Shotgun with Charlie. That was a uh, fun time. Charlie and I have uh, we've met each other on a few occasions. But this was the first time we actually had a chance to uh, sit down and ride around together. So I'm looking forward to uh, to that coming out. With uh, I, I, I don't know when that's coming out, but uh, we're going to have Charlie on the show uh, before you get a chance to see uh, Charlie and I's uh, uh, segment there with the riding shotgun with Charlie. Uh, now, on today's program, we're going to be talking about what's going on um, out in California, but also what's going on with the media. Uh, they seem to be struggling here to figure out what's going on in California. Why, why, why is it that a state with as many gun control laws as they have, why do they keep seeing these acts of violence? New York Times with a, a big story, um, California has more than 100 gun laws. Why don't they stop more mass shootings? They ride the uh, state still reeling from back-to-back attacks that left at least 19 people dead. The killings have spurred lawmakers to call for more regulations. Yeah. And while the New York Times story focuses specifically on mass shootings in California, it has to be noted that California's gun control laws don't stop the more garden variety violent crimes either. Plenty of armed robberies, plenty of drive-by shootings, plenty of violent crime across the state of California. Not just uh, the incredibly rare but very high-profile uh, types of uh, violent incidents that we saw in Half Moon Bay and uh, Monterey Park, California. But the New York Times, uh, I think it's really interesting to, to to look at what they consider to be the lapses uh, in California's gun laws, because that is the premise of this story, right? California has gr- uh, really strong gun laws already, but clearly it's not enough. More needs to be done. So the paper... Uh, in tones that, uh, for instance, the state's regulatory net does not necessarily force gun owners to relinquish uh, relinquish weapons that were legal for them to buy in the past but are now banned. California cannot remove guns from people who may have exhibited dangerous behavior but aren't properly flagged to courts or law enforcement. And the state must contend with the illegal gun trade, a river of unregistered ghost guns, and the flow of firearms from neighboring states with less strict regulations. All right, so let's take those uh, in turn, shall we? So the state's regulatory debt does not necessarily force gun owners to relinquish weapons that were legal for them to buy in the past but are now banned. No, it, it doesn't force them to hand them over. But for instance, California's ban on uh, quote-unquote large-capacity magazines, right? Anything over 10 rounds. When that ban was first put in place in the early 1990s, it had a grandfather clause, right? Existing owners of those uh, magazines could continue to possess them, but you couldn't buy any new ones. And then a couple of years ago, the state of California went back and said, actually, we're removing that grandfather clause. So if you've legally owned these magazines for decades, you can't legally own them anymore. Now, the law did not require the existing owners of these magazines uh, to turn them over. Instead, the law required that they either permanently modify those magazines because they could hold uh, so they could hold no more than 10 rounds of ammunition destroy the magazines, turn them over to law enforcement, or remove them from the state of California. So while the New York Times says, well, listen, I mean, the the law doesn't necessarily force gun owners to relinquish these things. It does force them to comply with the law, become criminals. I I don't know what more the state of New York, or the New York Times rather, (laughs) and the state of New York, could want other than perhaps law enforcement to go door to door. We're here for your magazines. 
They say that California cannot remove guns from people who may have exhibited dangerous behavior but aren't properly flagged to courts or law enforcement. Well, yeah, no crap. And again, that that should be the case, right? We have due process protections. We have a Fourth Amendment right in this country, in addition to our right to keep and bear arms. So again, what is the New York Times suggesting here? That uh, the state of California should be able to, what, 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 a, a district attorney? Uh, a law enforcement officer should be able to say, ah, I think Cam's acting dangerous. I'm going to go get his guns. Listen, red flag laws abuse due process protections enough, but apparently provide too many due process protections for the New York Times. And finally, they say the state must contend with the illegal gun trade. Yeah, just like the state has to contend with the illegal trade in drugs, right? So criminals are going to to do criminal things. That's kind of what makes them criminals. And every state in the union has to deal with that too. This isn't something that is unique to California. What is unique to California, again, are the more than 100 gun control laws that are on the books. All of them, well, I should say the vast majority of them, aimed at legal gun owners. And again, decades into this failed experiment and infringing on a fundamental civil right, the evidence is clear. These laws aren't working to protect the public. But that doesn't mean that the gun control prohibitionists aren't ready to double down for more. Steve uh, Wagstaff, DA in San Mateo County, uh, where uh, Half Moon Bay is located, says, I don't mean to sound forlorn, but I've been watching this for decades, and I'm a gun control type guy, and I just see nothing coming out of it. California has some good laws, but they're not as good as they could be. So what does he think should be improved? What, what, what laws are not on the books in California that he believes should be on the books right now? Because, again, you've got waiting periods, right? You've got uh, universal background checks, not only for firearms, but for ammo sales. You've got a uh, California roster of handguns not unsafe for sale that has stopped virtually every new model of uh, semi-automatic handgun from being made available for sale in the state of California for over a decade. You have a ban on so-called assault weapons. You have a ban on so-called large-capacity magazines. And again, a host of other restrictions, all of them aimed at legal gun owners. So what, what needs to be done here, Steve Wagstaff? What more needs to be put on the books, you think, that would make a difference in a way that the dozens of gun control laws in California that are already in place have not? Now, way down in the New York Times story, we do finally hear from uh, gun owners and Second Amendment supporters uh, who say that the laws miss the point. Only a lawfully armed citizenry can ultimately ensure safety. Mass murders are already illegal, says Sam Paredes, Executive Director of Gun Owners of California. What do we want to do? Make them illegaler? But Jesse Gabriel, a Los Angeles area Democrat in the State Assembly who co-chairs a legislative working group on gun violence prevention, says the group has already moved up its February meeting in order to discuss new legislation. And, oh, yeah, they do have some ideas. Uh, let's see. Proposals include a state excise tax on ammunition and firearms. That's not going to stop a mass killer. A measure to add three years to an existing ban on gun ownership for people who have had domestic violence orders filed against them. A proposal to make the possession of an unregistered, quote, ghost gun a felony and people to let people or in a bill to let people suffering a mental health crisis put their own names on a do not sell list. A campaign to expand awareness of gun violence restraining orders is also on the way. And they say uh, so, too, is a bill that will restrict where individuals 
can lawfully carry a concealed firearm. Rob Bonda, the California Attorney General, says the uh, concealed carry revision is essential as are tighter gun regulations. Is there something new that hasn't been done, Mr. Bonta wonders? That's what we're asking ourselves. Yes. The answer is yes, Rob Bonta. There is something new that you haven't done. Are you ready? Respect the right to keep and bear arms. That's what you haven't done. That's what you haven't tried. Instead, for decades, again, the state of, Catala, state of California has tried to curtail the exercise of a fundamental civil right. They have tried to denormalize gun ownership. They have tried to criminalize gun ownership. And what has been the result? California's violent crime rate is roughly the same as the state of Texas. Permitless carry Texas. Yeah. Violent criminals in California don't care about California's laws. And frankly, given the soft on crime approach taken by far too many prosecutors and state lawmakers in Sacramento, I'm pretty sure a lot of the Democrats in California don't care about the laws either, at least not enforcing them. Putting them on the books is one thing, right? They view that as a success. If they can restrict, at least on paper, the right to keep and bear arms, well, that, they knock that up as a win. But in terms of actually dealing with violent criminals, in terms of actually dealing with the crumbling mental health system in the state of California, and in terms of, you know, again, making sure that you've got everything from uh, an adequate number of public defenders to an adequate number of prison spaces for those who've been convicted of a violent crime, there is a whole host of strategies and tactics that the state of California could adopt without once trying to infringe on a fundamental civil right. But the Democrats in control in California aren't interested in doing those things. They're interested in attacking the Second Amendment. They are interested in obliterating your right to keep and bear arms. They are still fully invested in the idea that we can ban our way to safety. Don't have to worry about trampling on anybody's constitutionally protected rights. And even if you do, eh, you know what? Those rights should be sacrificed for the false promise of public safety. So yeah, 100 plus gun laws in California, they're not stopping mass shootings. Because again, the vast majority of those 100 plus laws are aimed at people who will never commit a mass shooting or a violent crime of any nature. They're aimed at people who are trying to simply exercise their right to keep and bear arms peaceably without interference from the state. And as long as they are the target of lawmakers, well, California is going to keep moving in the wrong direction when it comes to tackling violence. Now, let's turn our attention to today's Armed citizen story, our good deed of the day, and our recidivist report. We'll start there from Florida. Uh, again, case in point here, it's not just California where we've got some soft on crime policies. I think every state in the union could uh, take another look at what is going on here, particularly the abuse or the overuse of plea bargains in the criminal justice system. So in this particular case, you've got a couple of guys in Florida who've been accused of robbing Amazon drivers. And uh, sheriff's officials say that uh, these individuals well known to law enforcement. Um, investigators say the 23-year-old Archimas Divinard and 24-year-old Joel Amy uh, should already have been in jail. They were uh, caught on camera robbing an Amazon driver, allegedly, uh, in Orange County on January 15th. But two days before that... Um, According to sheriff's officials, uh, Amy caught on a surveillance camera at an auto salvage yard trying to pry open an office door. Uh, the uh, owner of that uh, auto salvage yard, Robert Glover, says he broke in, came over our gate, was trying to get into our back door to the main part of our office. 
Osceola Sheriff Marcos Lopez says, when you get these guys going county to county committing felony-type crimes, it's a concern. And he says both these suspects, again, should have been in custody already because of their long criminal history. Between the two of them, 85 felony charges and 11 convictions. That's amazing. Divinard has 41 felony arrests, six felony convictions. Amy has 45 felony arrests with five felony convictions, one of them a a felony battery case against his own mother. Uh, She stated that he had, uh, quote, mental health issues and abuses drugs. Uh, And also, uh, uh, I guess one of the uh, documents in that case said that uh, his mom is, quote, visibly scared about him being released and coming back to attack her again. The sheriff in Osceola County says if he's willing to batter his mom, imagine what he's willing to do to perfect strangers. Uh, Back in 2019, Amy charged with carjacking, robbery, aggravated assault. Prosecutors say the case was, quote, not suitable for prosecution. Uh, In fact, Fox 35 says both suspects had several cases that prosecutors say were not, quote, unquote, suitable. But again, you have multiple felony convictions, too, right? So even if you can say, well, listen, uh, you know, we had uncooperative witnesses in this case. Um, We just, you know, we we really didn't have a a case we could bring to trial. Okay, well, what happens And how do you explain the fact that, again, you've got a 23-year-old. Again, keep in mind the ages of these individuals. 23 years old, 24 years old. The 23-year-old has six felony convictions and 41 felony arrests. The 24-year-old has five felony convictions and 45 felony arrests. You don't see a problem there? I mean, again, there are all kinds of problems with the criminal justice system, but... um, yeah, somebody who's 23 years old racking up six felony convictions and still being out on the street, uh, allegedly able to rob Amazon drivers at gunpoint. I would say that is evidence of a big problem in the criminal justice system in the state of Florida and one that hopefully lawmakers will address. More confidence that lawmakers in Florida will, uh, uh, you know, aim their uh, legislative fire in the right direction as opposed to California. But uh, I suppose we will uh, see what happens this session. Uh, let's see. Today's armed citizen story from the Chicagoland area, where Chicago police say a concealed carrier was wounded after a shootout with uh, suspects who were trying to steal his car uh, near the uh, Ford City Mall. This was Saturday afternoon. 46-year-old uh, licensed to carry a uh, concealed firearm in the state of Illinois. He was walking, uh, walking towards his uh, parked car uh, in the vicinity of the mall, but not necessarily uh, in the mall parking lot. When apparently he uh, saw somebody trying to get in. Uh, police say the two exchanged gunfire with the vehicle owner struck in the right hand and left thigh. The suspect then got into a nearby vehicle, which fled the scene and then was uh, involved in a, a traffic crash not far away. The uh, shooting victim, an armed citizen, uh, listed at uh, a local hospital as in fair condition. Uh, one of the suspects taken to an area hospital with a graze wound to his head. He was listed in a good condition. Glad that the uh, concealed carry holder is okay. Glad that uh, at least one of these individuals have been taken into custody. Um, You know, I always say that carrying a firearm for self-defense, it's not a suit of armor. It's not magic. It's not a talisman that will protect you from any harm whatsoever. But it does give you an opportunity to protect and defend yourself. Uh, And it sounds like that was the case here for this concealed carry holder in uh, northern Illinois. We'll keep our eyes out for any more details. We'll bring them to you as they become available. 
Finally today, our good deed of the day in the right place at the right time, willing and able to do the right thing down in Greensboro, North Carolina, a couple hours south of where I am located in Farmville, Virginia, where a, a couple of sanitation engineers uh, in the right place at the right time, willing and able to do the right thing to help a stranger in need. This was uh, last Tuesday. Harold McNair and Oliver Gray uh, were on the job uh, and on a truck. And uh, they spotted a guy who had collapsed in the road, basically. Um, And there were cars whizzing by. Uh, He was at the base of a hill on a bend. So it would have been very easy uh, for one of those vehicles to, you know, strike and injure, perhaps kill um, that guy. So Harold McNair, who was behind the wheel, um, pulled his truck over to block the incoming traffic. And then Oliver Gray hopped out of the truck and approached the man. He said everything came to a stop. Uh, He found the man face down and shaking. Uh, Gray said he was mumbling. I figured he was having a stroke. Part of his body in the road, part of his body on a a pile of leaves. Gray didn't have a cell phone with him, so he ended up yelling at another motorist who was at a stop sign. Call 911. Uh, And then he said a lady came out of one of the homes and put a coat under the man's head. Paramedics there uh, within just a couple of minutes. At that point, the uh, gentleman had begun to regain some of his cognitive skills. Uh, police at EMS uh, told the uh, sanitation workers uh, a thank you. Uh, McNair says, uh, all of us, though, we work as a team. And after the guy was put on the ambulance, taken to the hospital, McNair and Gray were back at work. McNair says, uh, the last we heard, he was doing all right. Uh, Gray says, the city got a call from his family thanking us. Now, the uh, local paper there in Greensboro, North Carolina, say something that McNair and Gray are heroes for likely saving the man's life, but they don't consider themselves that. Uh, Gray says, now we aren't heroes. We were just put in a situation, and we just did what needed to be done. And I understand that viewpoint. I do. Uh, And I'd probably roll my eyes a little bit. I don't like when people call themselves heroes. But having said that, there were cars that were driving by. There were people who didn't stop. There were people who were in the right place at the right time. And for whatever reason, maybe they had somewhere to be. Maybe they didn't see the guy. But they kept driving down the road. And instead, it was Mr. McNair, Mr. Gray, who pulled over, rendered aid to that individual. And yeah, very well, could have saved his life. So Harold McNair and Oliver Gray, they may not consider themselves heroes, but um, but I do. And I bet a lot of people in Greensboro do as well. All right, that is going to do it for this edition of Bearing Arms Cam and Company. I want to thank you for being a part of the program. As always, thank you so much. Make sure you're checking out BearingArms.com throughout the day as well. We got you covered on all of the latest Second Amendment news and information. And if you like what you see, I'd encourage you to become a member of our uh, VIP team as well. All you have to do, go to BearingArms.com slash subscribe. Use the promo code GUNRIGHTS, and you can get a significant savings on your VIP membership. As our way of saying thanks for showing our support. Or Wait, let me try that again. As our way of saying thanks to you for showing your support for the work that we do at Barry and Arms. We're going to give you exclusive news stories and content analysis you won't find anywhere else because your support does matter and it really does make a difference. So thank you again. Have a great rest of your Monday. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Until then, be well, be safe, be free.